Testing, testing, testing. Bow, 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 bow. Thanks for showing up again, my cool kittens and cats and players and pips and little kims and diddy bops and wap, wap, wap. My little Britney Spears. Oh my God, I'm free Britney. Take two. Hello, my little cool kids, my little poly pockets. Welcome back to episode five. Is this five? Have we made it that far? Welcome back to Cool Kid Chronicles, your one-stop shop for the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You've made it here to episode five, so you should know the deal by now. It's story time with a twist with your girl, Bell Rich. Did that rhyme? Am I a rapper now? Are we back in the 80s and I'm living out my best life? (laughs) It is story time with a bit of a twist. And this week we're doing a little bit of a switch up. We're doing a little bit of a mental health journey because I can't stop thinking about the hair eater. So I hope you listened to the episode before because it'll all make sense if you hear about that. And then then you won't think I'm, I'm crazy. You won't think I'm as crazy or at least we'll all be crazy together. She's got me all fucked up in the emotion department. I'm like very emo. I'm very like mosh. Again, if you understood any of those um, references, you're in the right place. So welcome again, cool kids. Episode five. Here we go. Here's a story, ready? I was on TikTok because I just stay on TikTok. I end up in TikTok holes. And there was a video of a girl in Target laying on the floor. She was white and she was having a panic attack, right? Literally crying, panic attack. She had a service dog with her because I guess either whatever Um, condition she had her panic attacks would get so bad that she had a service dog with her the service dog would calm her down now listen my brother who passed away was blind had a service dog i totally believe in service dogs they are necessary people need them for anything whatever you think you need it emotional don't care get a service dog the reason this girl started having a panic attack was because a woman in the store was following her around another patron looking at her dog right because when people have service dogs other people feel compelled especially my brother had this problem too to want to pet the dog because it's a big beautiful like purebred stunning dog most of the time right so this woman had not even approached this girl she just was following her like kind of trying to get the in to ask her to pet the dog the girl noticed and even said like she wrote in her like comment on the bottom like this happens all the time people want to pet my dog rather than going to get assistance from someone in the store knowing that this can throw you into a panic attack she just continued shopping and let herself get thrown into a panic attack because she knew the woman was going to continue following her and want to pet the dog So me being in a TikTok hole, I commented and saying she needs to take a breath. She handled this the wrong way. She should have went to get help, right? Because I'm not going to fuck around and say I don't have 
panic attacks. I do. I have a hundred percent in life had terrible panic attacks. It is what it is. We've all had terrible panic attacks, right? But when I have had my terrible panic attacks, the few times I've had them, they've been in settings where other people have been as well, not as public as a store. But for example, one was during like pledging in college, panic attack, right? I pledged an all white sorority. I was one of the only two black girls to ever be in the sorority. The other girl was in my line with me. This particular night we were doing something like we didn't get hazed like crazy, crazy, but we had to like cook dinner or something. And I actually have a stupid anxiety when it comes to throwing parties. Like I don't want to ever be unprepared. It's not even just parties. It's just in general. I don't like being unprepared. When I feel unprepared, I start panicking. Um, If it's for a job, if it's even a drive through like I have had panic attacks and drive throughs If I'm unprepared and the line behind me is getting really long, like these are real things. <laughs> I sound like a fucking lunatic, but this is real things. Um, so I've had panic attacks. So I, I know when you have a panic attack, at least me being the woman I am in my skin, when I've had a panic attack, I know that if I have a panic attack, the odds of someone walking up to me and helping me and thinking I'm just having a panic attack are much lower than this white woman having a panic attack in Target with her service dog, right? Mind you, this woman's walking around with a service dog, which means if she went up to anyone in that store and asked for help, they were going to help her. They had no choice but to help her because she was quote-unquote some sort of, I don't think they use the word handicap anymore, but like she had some sort of something that she needed this dog. Okay. Me, on the other hand, if I was in the middle of Target and having a panic attack, And I walked up to someone and said, a worker, and said, I'm having a panic attack. They would say, okay. Um, okay. But instead, she was a woman with a dog, a service dog, for her panic attacks, and chose not to go get help from someone else. When she had every reason to go get help from somebody else. And I wrote, she handled this wrong. She should have gotten help. And when I tell you the amount of comments I received back from people saying that I was um, mental health shaming and how dare you tell her how to deal with her anxiety and panic attacks and how could you ever speak out a term you don't know her and I said you don't know me and all these people that were commenting you know were Captain save a white women which is usually the case on TikTok they love to jump down somebody's throat fine and you know be a superman for somebody and I said you don't know me I said, I'm a black woman that has anxiety. Um, Never in my life have I thought to get a dog to assist with that because in my skin, how I grew up being a black woman, that would just be fucking unheard of. What the fuck do you mean you need a dog to help you with your anxiety? Take a breath, figure it out. So to me, this woman handled it wrong. If you really needed help that bad, you should have gotten the help. You had time because this video was, well, they're a minute long, but... She had different clips of her being in different aisles. So you were, you had enough time to continue shopping and record this woman, but in, but rather than get help. And then you're, you went into a panic attack, which you knew was going to happen because your dog started reacting too. So it's like, we all have our own ways of dealing with anxiety, right? But we don't all have the luxury of dealing with anxiety. Not in the open, definitely not in the open. We definitely do not all have the same rights 
in the open air in public when it comes to anxiety or feelings or anything like that. And I'm not trying to make this a race thing, but it's a race thing. If I was Spanish, Latinx of any sort, which like somewhere in the back I am, you know, far back, a lot of things. If I was Latinx and I was out in the streets sobbing, I don't know. How many people do you think would walk up to me? How many people do you think would walk up to um, someone of Asian descent? Maybe more than black people because, you know, everyone says black people are scary. Like maybe more than black people. Maybe, you know, who knows? But I know me and my skin, I cannot have a panic attack out loud outside. Think about what I used to do at work. Jerry Springer. I would come to work and I would hide. I would literally hide. I would hide anywhere I could. Oh, I start, I literally started smoking cigarettes to get out of that place because the anxiety that place gave me, the only time I could leave was smoke a cigarette. That's when I get a break. Okay, cool. Let's start smoking cigarettes because that gives me time alone to breathe. If they think I smoke cigarettes, okay, great. I can get away. Oh, I need coffee because, you know, I can get away when I get coffee. So I'm going to go get a million cups of coffee. Like that's what I'm going to do. Oh, they give me time to eat. Maybe I'm going to eat every hour on the hour. That's what I'm going to do. Right. So that's how I chose to deal with my anxiety, but I know I can't publicly deal with it. I, at my brother's wake, did not cry until basically, okay, so the beginning part of the wake, totally fine, totally fine, fine, totally fine. Then one of my old coworkers from Maury and really good friend Mary Grace showed up and I did not expect anyone from work to show up or like that part of my life to show up and her and her mom came, sobbed. Sobbed like a little bitch baby, was not expecting it. Like she caught me so off guard. It was amazing. Thank you, boo. Um, second half, totally fine. You know, cause it feels like a party. Like you're like hugging and oh my God, so long. Haven't seen you, all that stuff. You're kikiing with people. Like it's not sad. It's not sad until you have to start talking about the sad shit, right? So you're fine. You're totally fine. I was totally fine. And then we had to start talking about the sad shit, right? And then, mind you, I'm wearing all black. It's a, it's a wake, it's a funeral thing. I sweat through my clothing so badly. You could see the sweat. And I'm not even talking just armpits. I'm talking about armpits, ass, swamp ass. I'm talking about uh, that little little roll you got in your belly. When you sit down in between there, I'm talking about under the fupa little area because, you know, I'm 32. We all got a little fupa. Under there, now it looks like I pissed myself. That's what it looks like. And I'm in all black. And I'm one of the sad family members looking like a whole asshole. I had to stand up from the front row in the beginning, in the middle of this shit so I can go to the bathroom, try to find a blow dryer to fix my situation. So I guess there was a little comic relief in the whole thing. But I'm fine. I'm fine. It's just sweat. Like I'm just sweating. I'm not like hysterical yet. Then I have to read my shit. Of course, you know, I bug out, hysterical, crying. Ooh, tears, water work, water work, water work. Then I calm down. I'm done reading. So I calm down because, you know, people expect you to cry. That's not why I did it. But people expect you to cry during that. I wasn't so like ashamed to cry during that. People expect me not to be able to hold it together. Sit down. I'm laughing at the stories. People are telling the testimonies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Fine. Everyone leaves now. It's the end of the night. Family gets to say their final goodbyes. Only one of my friends that I've known forever stayed, which great. I didn't ask anyone to stay. But I was fine up until then. Oh boy, did I fucking lose it. Lose my mind. Like, mind you, it's all family. So I felt comfortable having this breakdown because my friend is, is family. I've known her so long. It's like my sister. That's in a moment that I felt comfortable showing actual emotion. I've never actually cried like that 
in a public setting, even being around my family and that many people crying like that to me was so strange of a scenario that I was like, this is nuts. Like the fact that someone hugged me and I was like, like who I've never done that in public in my life. And there are probably times that I've been in public that I've wanted to cry like that. And I've never done it. This situation, because it was family and felt more comfortable, I did it, right? Still felt weird. Still felt weird. Now, I grew up around white people. Obviously, I'm half white. I went to predominantly white schools forever. Jewish kindergarten, preschool, um, elementary school was in Mount Vernon, so it was definitely mixed, but left there to go to Pelham, all white. Um, went to Iona College, Catholic, white school, you know what I mean? All white people. Now, I know for a fact that I've seen some of these bitches, and I'm only addressing the women right now, these bitches out in the middle, in public, like screaming at their man. You will never see me in public screaming at a man. A boyfriend, that scene's not happening. Hell no, I don't care how mad I am. Nope, not happening. We will not be that angry fucking couple in the street. Nope, wait till we get home. Absolutely not. Um, but I know I've seen you fucking kiss so <laughs> drunk or not, they'll do it. And I'm not like, let me just make this clear that I'm not shitting on the Caucasian human. I am not. Majority of my family is white. Okay. I am half white. My mother, who I love so much, is white. Yes. Aunts, uncles, cousins, white. But what I will say is, they set me up for failure because every woman that raised me, like directly, except for a few, there weren't that many women of color, but like directly, my mother was white, obviously. You emulate the person that raises you. So I was a black woman raised by a white woman, right? Never really taught that I wasn't a white woman, right? Not that they were ever like, you're black, <laughs> you're black. Like nobody's gonna do that to their child. like. This is your father. This is your mother. You are what you are. And that's how I was raised. I was raised by Italian neighbors, Puerto Rican aunts and uncles. I had titis, uh, Filipinos. I, everything. Never would discriminate anyone. But what I will say is I emulate my mom. I'm a black woman that emulates a white woman. That's how I was raised. That's how I was taught to act. That puts me at a disadvantage. People don't like black women who are quote unquote uppity. My entire life, I've been called uppity just because I have projected emotion always, right? Not, not that I'm saying I'm screaming and crying in the street and da, 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 but like I give my opinion. I'm a little bit more vocal. I'm a little bit more pushy. I like kind of feel like I know better, like not that I do, but like I kind of seem like I feel like I know better. I'm a presence when I enter a room. I feel like I'm like hyping myself up. Go girl, go girl. I'm not. I'm just saying like that's how white women enter rooms. They don't look around wondering who's there because it's not scary for them to enter a room. It's only started to be scary for me to enter a room since I realized that I'm not a white woman and the world doesn't see me that way. Crazy. Mm -hmm. You should seek therapy. It's like, oh yeah? Pay for my therapist and explain that to my family. Like my family actually would be fine with it, but a lot of families aren't fine with mental health. They think it's woo-woo shit. And it's not woo-woo shit. I've attempted therapy. The bitch was like, you're angry and you're really scared. And I said, of what? And he was like, she was like, your parents dying. I said, 
I'm 13. I think every 13-year-old is scared of their parents dying. You just made me cry for 45 minutes and I barely said anything. I'm never coming back here. So I did it. Like, obviously she wasn't the one for me, but um, ma'am, you put a nasty shit sandwich taste in my mouth and I'm not doing that again. Maybe later in life. Um, I don't know. Not right now. Tell me if I still need a therapist. Do I? No. Because you see all the self-reflection I do my on my own? Why? Self-soothing. Black women have always been taught to self-soothe. Nobody's going to help you, bitch. You got to save the world and your husband and your family and your kids on your own. Self-soothe. Yes. I was raised by a white woman. I was raised to emulate a white woman, but I've had to live my life as a black woman. <gasps> you were raised by a black man, but you got to figure out how to live your life as a white man. No. Could you imagine if you were black and was raised by a black, white, like, no. Like, it's like, it's like, it's not like I was mixed and I was a guy and my dad was black. You know what I mean? Like, then I would know what it's like to be a black man, but I'm mixed and I look just like my fucking mother, except my skin is brown. We're, we're fucking identical. So I act like her. I, I sound just like her. I act just like her. I was raised by Jewish aunts. You know what I mean? Like I got all Jewish aunts and then I have a Puerto Rican aunt and then I have an Irish aunt, but most of them are white. So I act just like them. Disadvantage. Disadvantage. Because most people think black women should know their place. Disadvantage. But what I will say is the bigger disadvantage is that I've now realized that I am a black woman, Right. And now I realize the world has expectations of me that are in a certain box. That's fucked up, right? So being raised by a white woman, I had no barriers in my brain. Zero. Zero. I thought zero about anything. I'm acting just like her. I've seen her flip cops off. You know what I mean? I've seen her curse people out in stores. Not that I'm doing all this shit, but I've seen her. You know what I mean? I've seen her call the manager. I've, I've seen all of those things. I've seen her do it my entire life. I've gone bougie stores after bougie stores and all this, you know what I mean? I emulate this white woman my entire life. That's how I was raised. And there's nothing wrong with that, but the turning point for me that had me like open my eyes and realize that like me and her were not the same. I think that I just started to like educate myself. I think it just started to be like, not to say like Black Lives Matter did it, but like I started to see like when when Black Lives Matter first started happening, right? And I was really passionate about it. It was like a moment my mom didn't understand it. And like she said like, Tema, you can't say this. Like you can't say and state and put a hard stamp on Black Lives Matter because I'm white. And like, that makes me feel some kind of way. And it was like a conversation to say to her, like, mom, me saying black lives matter doesn't mean that white lives don't matter. It means that black lives also matter because we're trying to say that people don't think they matter now. And it was like a, a real conversation that we had, like about explaining to her what they mean by white privilege. Like she didn't grow up rich. She grew up in the South Bronx. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what it is. So she didn't understand white privilege. And I'm like, the privilege is 
that you didn't have to think about your skin color. And I know you think I shouldn't have to do the same, but I do. And she was like, she had a moment of like, oh, this is really happening. When my parents thought to have, they were together like 10 years before they had me. And when they thought to have me, like they made a conscious decision, like we want to have a child. Mommy. And my mom always says it was like, she was really scared to have a child with my father. Because at the time, it was still not really okay to have mixed children. And people who were mixed weren't like brought into society and like loved up on. It was kind of like, mm, are you black enough for me? Or are you white enough for me? Or are you just going to like be ostracized? Like, what are you going to do? So they like had a conversation of like, oh, okay, we're going to raise a daughter strong enough that no matter what comes her way, it won't matter. It does not matter if she's black. It does not matter if she's white. She's what she is. And she's going to be strong enough to figure it out. Fine. Totally understandable. But where they, I don't want to say went wrong, is that they didn't enforce enough to me that the world was going to see me as black. And that mattered. Because to them, it didn't. And to the people around me, it didn't. And my whole life, for the most part, it didn't. And then I got to like high school. And it did. And I didn't understand why I wasn't invited places or couldn't be places or couldn't do things or whatever the case may be. While there was weird undertones and teachers were saying weird shit. Like I didn't get it because I was a white woman. Like how, what are you talking about? Like I act just like her and you would never say that to her. So why would you say that to me? I'm her daughter. There's like, there's no difference here. Why would you say that to me, but not her? Like to the point where my, my mom came into class one day because I got in trouble with the teacher and she walked in and goes, you didn't expect to see this fucking face, did you? And the teacher did not. She did not. She was confused. She thought a black woman was going to walk through the door. And my mom literally said to her, this is my meeting. You shut the fuck up and I will let you know when you can speak because I've heard what you've been doing to the black kids in this class. So I don't want to hear a goddamn thing you have to say. She was like, oh, and I invited the head of your department too. I hope you don't mind. Because my mom was not fucking around with this racist shit. She always was my biggest champion. She, that's why when I realized, I hate saying that I realized that I was black because like what kind of novice bullshit, like I wasn't looking in the fucking mirror. When I realized I was different than like my mother is what I should say, it was a big shock. And I, And when we had to have that conversation of what white privilege is and what like, you know, why black lives matter and why you have to rep that so hard. She was so, she just received it like so well that like at this point when we started wearing masks, she was like, um, I see that you have like a no justice, no peace. I need that mask. Um, and she stole mine. Like she was like, I am here for this. Like this is the cause and the hill I will die on. It always has been. Like, even with her friends. Like, she would always say to her friends, Tema's in trouble because it's a black thing. It's a this. It's a that. You know, story. Fine. I digress. But my point is, you know, I have always had to mind my P's and Q's. And not always, but, like, once I figured out that I was different than my mom. Like, I realized, like, my dad kind of sat me down and was like, listen, you always have to be right. Like, I got arrested quote unquote not really arrested i was just in my car and someone called the cops i was sitting in my school parking lot and they said there's a degenerate sitting in their car in the parking lot and they didn't believe me that i went to that school and i showed them my school id and they said no you can't be here and they followed my car to the border 
of Pelham and Mount Vernon because I was living in Mount Vernon, but my parents paid like $13,000 a year for me to go to a public school because it was just better than the high school in my town. They escorted me to the town edge and they were like, don't come back. And they did it the whole way with the lights on. Um, and my friends were in the car. We literally were sitting in the car listening to music and they escorted me out of my own high school's parking lot. So like when I started to realize these things, I said, oh, I have to act differently. When that situation happened, my dad sat me down and said, you have to be more right than everyone else you're with. You will always be in a room full of white people. And if they have a reason to pick you out of that room, they will. So you have to be right all the time. You must have your paperwork all the time if you're driving. You must not be drunk in a room full of white people. It's probably why I don't really drink anymore or ever never have um not that i've never had a drink but like i never really have been a partier drinker um because it was something in my household you always have to be on your game or else they're going to pick you out of the group of white people and it's going to be your ass so figure it out and he's not wrong he's not wrong the one and only time i was actually arrested i was the only sober person in the room i was thrown in the back of a cop car and they told me i was wasted i said i was not i said i'm designated driver everyone else i was with was drunk um and i said can i please go like my car's outside i'll take a breathalyzer they said nope cuffed me put me in the back of the cop car made me call my parents um paraded me in front of the rest of my friends because they were like let me out first and um that was it I couldn't drive my car for like two weeks because I got arrested. Um, but I was not drinking, completely sober. I even called my house and I said, dad, please don't wake up mom and just tell her like, you're going to pick me up. And she was like, she can hear you right now. Like it was a fucking scene. But all these things lead up to hiding your anxiety. I guess that's why it comes out for me in sweating. Like I just can't always hold it in so much. But even if I wanted to fucking rip my shirt off because I'm sweating to death, because I'm panicking, I couldn't do that. Even if I wanted to sit down in the aisle of Target with my service dog, I could never do that because someone would have something to say. I think that the the thing on TikTok, you know I love me some TikTok, is um, there's a sound that goes, black people, just remember, when you feel lonely, you're never really alone. And then it like, they cut to, because white people will always be up in your business. And there's always like a white person like hot, licking ice cream and like paying attention to like what they're doing. It's so but it's true. It's so fucking true. It's like you can't live your life. It's so fucking true. I have this um, amazing, um, what are they called? Not a, like an antique store over here because I live in Williamsburg. So of course, amazing antique store. Right here. I went in. When I first bought, the, got, bought this apartment, I'm not a baller. When I first rented this apartment, I bought, went in and I bought a rocking chair, right? $60 rocking chair. I had someone come to the back. They had to move mad shit to get the rocking chair. I sat on it. I rocked in it. I looked at it. Could I reupholster it? I was mulling over this bullshit for like 45 minutes in the fucking store. Then I said to the guy, can you bring it outside for me so I can sit on it and like move because I can't really in here. I'll pay for it if I have to before you bring it outside. And he was like, no, 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 I'll bring it. Don't worry. Just whatever. Just leave it in the front. Sat on it. Now I'm talking to people. People are walking by. They're like, that's a cool rock job. I'm like, I know. I'm thinking about buying it. What do you think? Strangers. I'm kikiing with people on the sidewalk. My two friends are with me. It's a fucking scene, right? 
So at the end, I'm like, I'm gonna buy this rocking chair. 60 bucks, I got this. I'll reupholster it, I have fabric on myself. This is it, bet. So I go inside. The owner is there. She's this crazy fucking old woman. She's standing there while I'm purchasing this. The guy behind the counter is the one who moved that shit for me. I give him the money. I think I pay with credit card. Fine. And now I walk outside after I pay. I say, thank you. You know how you do when you leave a nail place. And you're like, thank you. See you next time. Thank you. Because I go there often or I used to. Go outside. My two friends are still sitting on other benches that are by the chair. And I said, I bought it. I'm excited. And they go, oh my God, good. Because you really liked it. And we sat here for dumb long. Let's fucking go. So now I pick up this fucking rocket chair. I put it over my head and I go to walk away. It's literally on top of my head like I'm an African walking down to the water like I have magic. And I'm holding it and it's heavy because it has old springs. It's like a whole fucking, it's a thing. Yes. Now the fucking owner comes out and goes, looks at me, screams inside. Javier, did we just sell this rocking chair? And I go, bitch, do you think I'm fucking stealing this heavy ass rocking chair i said do you think i'm gonna fucking run down the street with this 40 pound rocking chair above my head what the fuck do i look like a fucking marine i said if i didn't spend 60 dollars on this piece of shit i would throw it at you at you and i would hope that you get injured by it i said how fucking dare you in this piece of shit store this piece of shit rocking chair that i now have to go home and reupholster that i shouldn't have spent 60 dollars on in the first place it should have been 10 because i have to repaint it too but i said fuck it because i've been mulling over it for 45 minutes and i don't want my friends to be uh, be out here anymore and i wasn't trying to haggle with your crazy ass and now you want to embarrass me like i stole it and scream rather than walking up to me and be like hey miss did you just buy that i i didn't see and I would have said, oh, yeah, I just did. Ask Javier. I'm here all the time. No. Instead, you screamed from the street where there's a whole bunch of people. We were just talking about this chair into the store. Where there's a whole bunch of people in the store talking to Javier because Javier is the, at the register to ask if he just sold this insinuating that I'm running away with your fucking run, rocking chair above my head. Bitch, I should fucking body you right now. Did I? No. Did I react similarly to right now? Yes, I did. Was it inappropriate? Probably. But she caught me on a good day because at the time I was a little bit, you know, needed some change. There was a no return policy because now my friend Natalie was like, go return that shit right now. And I was like, they have a return policy here. I can't even do that. Like, I'm not even trying to like make waves with this store. But at the same time, I'm never coming back here ever. So I never went back there. That's the second time she did that shit to me, too. The first time I was there, she followed me and my friend around the store the whole time. And he looked at her and said, is there something I can help you with? And she was like, no, no, no. And she pops out of, like, weird holes in the store. There's, like, weird doors. And she's like, watches you. It was fucked up. The whole shit was fucked up. I hated it. I'll never go back. But this is what I'm saying. Can't even do completely the right thing without people thinking you're doing something wrong or thinking something bad about you. So again, I'm not going to sit on the floor of Target and have a nervous breakdown. Again, I would stand by my statement today that that girl in Target did the wrong thing. She should have gotten help because if I had the luxury to be able to get help and people would believe me, I would do it. But I don't. White privilege. I don't know if, if anxiety is going all the way down to white privilege, but I guess it's a part of it. I can't even be anxious on my own time or outside if I wanted to. I can't even eat my own hair if I wanted to, which I never would. But I can't even. I don't understand. And you know, you see those people snapping their rubber bands. Like, quiet anxiety. Like, that's something I could do. Quiet anxiety. 
Or now there's this new thing where you can get anxiety rings where you could just like move around the beads on the ring. That's something I could do because it's quiet anxiety. Fidget spinner is too childish. Childish. That's it. That is it. We made it to the end. My cutie little besties. My little hot messies. I just made that up. Did it sound good? I don't know. But we did it. So we've come to the end of the road. Hey, and I can't let you go, cool kids. It's unnatural. You belong to me. I belong to you. <laughs> Just kidding. That is, those are not the vocals I would like to present to the world. So don't, don't take that as my, don't. I'm Mariah over here, okay? But cool kids, we made it. We made it to the end of another episode. I hope you made it this far with me. I hope you understand, you know, some of the topics I bring up are really from my perspective. And I want to let everyone know I understand that your perspective may be different than mine. Honestly, it's really hard for me to get like deep, you know? Deep. Because it's hard to be like, you know, exposed like that. But I do it for you guys. So you guys understand that it is okay. So you bad bitches know it's okay to be a bad bitch, even with your bullshit. I'm hoping that I can shine a little light into your life and a little bit of, you know, boop. Here we go. From someone else's life to yours. Boop. Little seed, little, little plant to grow, you know, because we're all just watering each other. <laughs> I don't know why I said that because it sounds really gross, but technically we're just all watering each other with knowledge, helping each other grow, right? But with that said, I really need your help, cool kids. You've come with me this far and I want to know what you want to hear about because thus far I've just been talking to myself and I'm going to start getting cool kids on the show. I have a few lined up, but I want to know what you want to learn for really real, for really real, for really real. I need you guys to do some homework for me. I would love to know what topics you want to hear about, right? So I got hit up by a friend and she was like, oh my God, me and my friends listen and we cannot wait to hear you talk about girl code. All right, popping girl code. Let's hear it. Check. Let's talk about it. I also had someone else be like, I know you were on a bachelorette. Oh my God, I want to hear all about it. And I know you've been in a lot of weddings. So spill the tea on bachelorettes check boom we got it but i need to know more topics what do you guys want to know what do you need to learn what can i teach you write subscribe tell me email call me you guys have my number most of you do and do me a favor like subscribe and listen until next time cool kids i love you and i mean it bye I want to give a special thanks to my producer, Francis Tenoto, our amazing editor, Eric Shepard. Our sick logo was done by Dan Amaro, and our music was done by Smarts. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.